Hey, it's Emily Williams, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. This is episode 191, How to Run Your Business Like Clockwork with Adrian Dorison. So Adrian is the CEO and co-founder at Run Like Clockwork. She's also a business operations expert, and her goal is to help you take a four-week vacation. I know that might sound like a pie-in-the-sky fantasy for a lot of business owners. You have a lot on your plate. Maybe you feel like your business is not going to exist if you take a four-week vacation. But Adrienne truly believes otherwise, and she actually believes that it's really important for you to remove yourself from the business, so to speak, so that it can run on its own and is not dependent on you. Now, I know a lot of people started businesses, maybe this is you, with financial freedom and freedom overall as one of the top priorities. But ultimately, what we kind of discover is that we're glued to our computer, our clients rely on us, our team relies on us, so freedom doesn't seem like it's a piece of the puzzle, but doesn't have to stay that way. Adrian works with clients all around the world to help them achieve that freedom, to help them systematize their business and put processes in place that will ultimately make it so their business does not depend on them. I know a lot of people are craving that information. I'm going to cover so much of that with Adrian today, and we're going to talk a bit about her story, how she came to do this work, what she's most excited about going forward, and ultimately how you can figure out how to leverage yourself and then leave the rest to your team to truly be in your zone of genius, to truly have that space and time to do what you're meant to do and then outsource the rest. So I know just by hearing this description, you're super excited to dive into this content. So let's go ahead and do it. This episode was sponsored by the I Heart My Life Mastermind. The I Heart My Life Mastermind is perfect for you if you already have a business and you're looking to scale. We cover tons of different topics. We cover marketing strategy, revenue planning, team processes, everything you need in terms of mindset, high performance, really taking care of yourself as well as your business, events, publicity. We literally have seven coaches under one umbrella to support you and give you the answers to all of your burning questions. We host regular weekly workshops where you get your personal questions answered. We have retreats. You have a private Slack channel where you get to ask questions 24-7. You have an extensive resource bank that helps you put in place our cash method in your own business and much, much more. This is one of the most inventive programs around. I don't know anyone else offering the service that we provide. So if you are interested in growing your business and transforming your life, definitely book a call with us to learn more. Go to iHeartMyLifeBooking.com and learn more about the I Heart My Life Mastermind. Welcome to the show, Adrienne. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Me too. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time since we've chatted. So I'm excited. I'm like personally excited to just catch up too. Same. (laughs) And people can listen. (laughs) Exactly. We'll let them into the conversation. Yeah. So first I want to say that we actually met through a mastermind. And one of the big things that I heart my life is community. And I always like to share, you know, how I get connected to amazing people like yourself. Mm -hmm. So I'm super grateful that, you know, we were a part of that and that we got connected in that way and that, you know, we've stayed connected all of these years, but like you said, it has been a while. So we're going to chat a little bit about the past as well as what you're doing today. Perfect. Yeah. It's been years. And I feel like last year was like, like a, it's like a blur. (laughs) Like I constantly find myself being like, 
oh, last year. And then I'm like, oh no, that was in 2019. So that was like two years ago. I feel like it just like, it, right. was, it just erased. I don't know. <laughs> and you had a baby, which I'm sure. And I had a baby. So yeah. that also like really changed time yeah. and how you view time. <laughs> Love it. So let's chat a little bit about your story first and foremost, and how you came to do all of this incredible work. So take us back. Yeah. So I actually started in the corporate world. I was never like the um, bracelet making lemonade sailing entrepreneur. Like I was not that child. (laughs) I thought I was going to be in the corporate world forever. I never thought of myself as entrepreneurial. So I think of myself as more of like an accidental entrepreneur where I was in the corporate world. I was doing process improvement and continuous improvement in a large manufacturing setting. And at that time, I was also trying to pay off all of my student loan debt. I wanted to like pay it off before I married my husband because he was he was uh, threatening to just pay it all off for me with like his savings. And I was just mortified. I was like, no, 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 I want to pay off all my debt. So I ended up like starting a consulting sort of as a side business, as a side project and loved doing it and found that I was getting results for people. So about six months later, six months after I kind of started that process, I left the corporate world and went all in on my own business. And that was back in late 2014, early 2015. Um, and then grew my business on my own ever since then and met Mike McCallowitz. Actually, he was separately writing a book. He was already in the process of writing a book and we had a mutual connection. And so this is also like the power of community and mutual connections. My, who you also know, Chris Winfield was someone that I met through Todd Herman and Chris Winfield knew Mike. And he was like, oh, you're looking for someone. Mike was looking for someone who had lean Six Sigma experience, but was applying it to small business owners. And that's exactly what I was doing. And thankfully I was vocal enough that Chris knew that. And he introduced me to Mike and Mike interviewed me for the book that he was writing. And we ended up collaborating on a lot of the intellectual property that's now in the book. And then months later, he asked me, uh, do you want to run the company? And I was like, I knew you were going to ask me that. (laughs) I just knew that he was going to ask me that. It was like one of those things that I had put into the universe. And it was at the time that we were in that mastermind together and he was like presenting material to us. And I was like, that's my material. Like that's what he interviewed me about. And now it's in this book. And I was a little bit taken off guard, like, okay, but, but that was my idea. (laughs) Now it's going in your book. And I talk about this on our podcast too, about like the intellectual property and how I was like really kind of upset at first that it it was not going to get my, I was not going to get credit for it. And I had to do a lot of work on my ego around that time. And, um, and then when he asked me to be a partner and run the organization so that he could go off and write the next book, that felt really aligned to me. And so now I run the Run Like Clockwork organization and Mike writes the next book. (laughs) So things have worked out for both of us and he's the best business partner that I could have ever asked for. And I never asked for a business partner. It's one of those things that like, you couldn't have ever put it on your goals list because I didn't necessarily want it. But when it happened, it was just a one plus one equals 11 type of scenario. So that's kind of where we are now. Oh, I'm obsessed with all of that. There's so much to talk about there. So first, can you tell people what Lean Six Sigma actually is? 
Yeah. So it's a efficiency, operational efficiency toolkit that we use in the corporate world that a lot of corporations use. And it's a Japanese um, toolkit where you're really looking for how do we get more results with less input? So less resource use, like how do we spend less money? How do we spend less time? How do we spend less energy and get more output, more money, more you know, resource out of the the system in terms of whatever we're manufacturing or a business as a whole. And so I knew that that skill set was really important for big businesses, but I felt like small businesses didn't understand the power of efficiency and cost savings and how to really like utilize their resources so that they could get more results even better and faster with less energy and time and money. So that's kind of like what my background was and then what I started doing in my own private consulting business. And then that's what eventually turned into the whole clockwork toolkit is like, how do we apply this and change these tools that are so useful for corporations, but they don't apply. Like if you just copy and paste them, they don't make sense for a small business because we don't have that many resources to, to do that with. And it's too robust. And so I guess my, um, my whole like work in this world has been about like, how do I figure out how to create tools that actually apply more specifically to small business owners for them to be more efficient. Love it. And was there any part of you that was hesitant about going into business with him because you'd obviously built your own thing and you were doing your consulting work. Was there any hesitation there? Yes, there was. I think, I think it's natural, you know, not because of of Mike as a person, it was never about Mike as a person, but there was a lot of thought that had to go into and like deep reflection for me because I had built a successful like seven figure business at the time doing my own thing. And I knew if I was going to go all in on clockwork that I really needed to go all in on it and turn that into my main focus um, because it was an opportunity for more eyeballs on the work that we do because Mike already had this incredible platform that he had built through other books that he had written like Profit First and um, Toilet Paper Entrepreneur and Pumpkin Plan. Like he had an audience already and I had an audience, but nowhere near the size or credibility that Mike had built. And so I think there was a couple things that I really had to think through, which was first, I had to get through the ego stuff where I was thinking like, well, I could write this book then. Like, why why shouldn't I just write the book and then get all of the glory? And it was like, because that's really about your ego then, Adrian. Like, if if what we're wanting to teach is already in this book, then why does it have to have your name on the cover if you're the one who helped come up with the ideas and you know that you're the one that can best help people implement those ideas through the company? And so that like took a little bit of time and and therapy and conversations like with my husband and with my close friends of like, what do you really want though, right? And like, what what is important to you? And when I really asked myself like what my mission and goals were, it was to help more people with this work. And this this was the way to help more people with this work. And so I had to get the ego stuff out of the way first so that I could see that. And you know, entering a partnership with anyone is complicated because I, being the sole CEO of my previous company, didn't ever have to go to someone for permission or 
you know, if I had an idea that I wanted to execute, I didn't need to talk it through with anyone. I didn't need to share the finances with anyone. And so it was like, do I really want to enter something where it could be a, a situation similar to the corporate world, which I was not interested in having anymore. You know, I had gone for years without having a quote unquote employer and I didn't want the partnership to end up like someone feeling resentful that they're in the partnership. Um, And so we, we spent months like drafting our contracts and working with lawyers and making sure that it felt like really, really good to both of us. And that it really was like a one plus one equals 11 for both parties. And I feel like we got there and it's the best situation for both of us because honestly, Mike is not involved in the day-to-day decision decision making of our business. He's not even involved in most of the higher level decisions of our business. He leaves all of those up to me. And he is what he would call our marketing guy. He's like, I'm your marketing guy. Like I'll go and talk about the book and I'll do any, you know, promotion that you need. But other than that, like he wants to go write the next book. And honestly, I understand that that's also what's best for our business is for him to write the next book so that he can build an even bigger audience because we know like when people read, you know, his, his next book that's coming out, like when they read that, it will then lead them to clockwork, even if they haven't read clockwork yet. And so the more he focuses one on what he does best and the more that I focus on what I do best and we kind of stay out of each other's lanes and just support each other. We're always checking in and being like, are you happy? Like, what can I do for you? Um, and I think we both genuinely care about each other and feel like, that person is the best person to do what they're doing. So I feel like it was, but it was hard to get to that place. And even financially, I had to like make a lot of changes to get ready for the launch of clockwork because I I knew he already had an an audience, but I was not sure like, this is not like starting a business like from day one, like a normal business where you don't have leads and you don't have clients and you don't have to have everything all figured out. Like, everyone who came into this business as a client was going to expect that we had things figured out because of what we do and because of Mike's, you know, credibility. And because this is, it's just bigger than starting with like one client and then two client, like we were opening the doors to hundreds of clients. And so it's like, okay, things are a little different. And so I had to really ramp down my other business and, not accept new revenue for months and months and months so that I could get the back end and the systems and the programs ready for when the clockwork book launched. So it was a lot of like eight months of really strange times for me <laughs> as wow. we prepared. Thank you for sharing all of that. I love that. And, 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 you know, it requires so much trust and faith. And yes. like you said, soul searching and really asking yourself what you really want. And I think that's so important because sometimes we do start businesses or new ventures and we think, okay, it's going to happen immediately. Like I'm going to open the doors. All the people are going to come in. There are times where we have to put projects on the shelf, like yeah. even down, you know, further down the line in business, we want to move forward with something, but it's not the right time. So we have to table it and we have to be okay. You know, with all those things, taking maybe more more time than we would actually like. Yes. And that is something that I was like, not great at at the time, because I was so used to just like being in control of everything. And when there was something that was very outside of my control, like the launch date of the book, and I couldn't know what the launch was going to look like until the launch happened. And so it's like, you're preparing with blindness, like you're unaware, like you have, there's no way to know exactly what's going to happen when we launched. And so we're just doing our best to prepare 
as well as we possibly can and taking the punches as they, as they come in. And, you know, we survived it and it was good. (laughs) And I would do it all again in a heartbeat. And we learned so much. And now like Mike has other partners that he has for his subsequent books that have come out. And I've been able to be like a mentor to them through that process of like, okay, here's what I learned. Here's what I would do differently. And that's also really rewarding for me because I want them to succeed. And, you know, if they can do even better than me, then that's great. (laughs) I love that. And one of the things that you mentioned and that I want to really touch on is just making sure that you're kind of in the right role for your zone of genius or for your mastery. And I actually looked at the website that you guys have for clockwork and it actually describes what the role is for each person on the team. And I really love that. One of the things I noticed though, was that yours says one thing, but then there's like an aspiration for another thing. So can you talk a little bit about the work that you do right now or the role that you're in and ultimately kind of where that's leading to for you? Yeah. So when you are growing an organization, like you're not at the end of that vision. And so I think that there's always an aspiration of like, okay, this is my role now because this is what my role needs to be right now in order for us to you know, function. And like, this is the most valuable thing for me to do right now, which I think is different than me just doing everything. Right. So like, it's very clear that like, okay, this is what's most valuable for me to do right now. And right now I do a lot of like the marketing and the sales for our programming. Um, but what is the most valuable thing for me to do for the organization? Once we fill my role of sales and marketing, once we can fully transfer that to someone else, it's going to be most valuable for me to be like the vision, like solely be the visionary and do the strat, the big picture strategy and, you know, leadership of the team. And so it's like, this is where I am now being realistic with that. But if we want to get to me being just the visionary where I ideally need to sit, then it's helpful for us as a team to start moving towards that. And we're like, we're very close to to getting there, which I'm proud to say it's taken us years to get there. Um, But we're about to hire someone to do more of the sales and marketing. And so it's like being really clear with like, here's what my most valuable role is to the team. And a lot of people on our team have that of like, here's what's most valuable for me to do, but I need to either fill some of these gaps through systems or through training that other people can come in and, and learn Uh, Maybe they need to shadow me. Maybe I need to mentor them. And that sometimes takes time uh, so that I can transfer these things off of my plate and eventually get to the point where this is like the only thing I need to do, or at least the bulk of my time goes towards this. And so that's why you see like, this is my primary role now, but like, this is my ideal primary role or like what is going to be most impactful for the business. But we had to like do it uh, in step stone so that we don't break the business on the way there. (laughs) The reason I wanted to talk about this is because I admire that so much. And I feel like it's such a a reminder that things take time because I work with a lot of new coaches as well as established coaches, but there's always this idea that, you know, I want to outsource things as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. And so in the book and with your methodology, you guys talk about figuring out what that key thing is in the company that's going to be revenue generating and continue to grow the business and also what everyone's key roles actually are. And so when I read the book and went through the process of figuring out that queen bee role, as you guys call it, I realized that ours was coaching. 
And so for a long time, I was doing most of the coaching, but over the last few years, I've removed myself from nearly all of the coaching, but that took nearly seven years. And that's not to say that there's still not a huge, you know, piece of the puzzle there that is, um, you know, the company is based around coaching, but I, I realized that I don't have to be the one doing it. I just need to find the people who I can train and who have amazing skill sets to give our clients the results and the, you know, the information that they're looking for. Yeah. And so at some point your, you know, primary role was probably coaching. And then as you brought these people on board, your primary role maybe moved into training of the coaches, right? And then your primary role maybe moves out of that into the visionary or like whatever is next for you. And I think that that's a beautiful testament to like the clockwork process and like understanding what that thing is. And also understanding that like you are not the queen bee role, but like it's a role and you have to start thinking of it as that so that you can process it out and think, okay, like what, what am I doing on these coaching calls that actually gets people the results that they're looking for? That's clearly different than any other program out there that is saying that they offer something similar. Like we're doing something different because these are the results that our clients are getting. And how can I train people to do that effectively, even when I'm not there? And so I love that like seven years later, you're removed from most of the coaching and the business is so much more valuable because you're not, it's not dependent on you doing that coaching. And I was talking to Mike about this the other day, the fact that like, it's okay if there are certain things that you like to do that bring you joy or that bring you creative energy that you, that you quote unquote do inside of the business, like the coaching, but we don't want the business to be fully dependent on you doing the coaching. So it becomes a choice once you can remove yourself and elevate yourself out. And so it might be rewarding or joyful for you to go in and do some coaching every now and then, and it might help you keep a pulse on things. But the fact that the business does not require you to do that can actually be really freeing and liberating for you, as well as um, make the business even more valuable to the marketplace and for yourself, your family, your team members, they know that like, if something happens to you, or if you need to take time off that like your clients are still going to get served because the most important thing is still able to happen. Exactly. And I want to talk a little bit about time off because I know one of your big sort of marketing messages was being able to take time off when you had your baby. And I loved seeing all the pictures of you (laughs) pregnant and then you with the baby. And it was just so powerful, especially to those of us who want to have children and kind of wonder how to make it all happen. So can you talk a little bit about how people can work towards a goal like that? Yeah. So the first thing that we have people do is a time tracking, like do an analysis of where your time is actually going now. And then it will help us get really clear on like, okay, what are the things that we truly need to transfer off your plate? What are the things that really cannot function without you being there? Um, And we need to start baby stepping. like Like you were talking about, like it took you years to get there. It doesn't need to take years, especially if we're you know, wanting to move towards that. We call it like a four week vacation that we have our clients move towards. But like I took a what we call like a six week vacation, right? Like for a baby, which wasn't really much of a vacation. You ever have one, Um, but it was like the best six weeks of my life. And so we have to understand like where you are right now. And even just making a list of like, okay, what things would break if I left for four weeks and then starting to slowly chip away at those through processes, through systems, through identifying like Do I need to hire someone that maybe isn't currently on the team yet? Like maybe we don't even have people that could take over these tasks. You know, I'm a big 
I'm a big advocate of automation of certain things, but there are only so many things that you can automate and your business does need people to help run it at a certain point. And so it's like making sure that you're open to other people supporting you and starting to slowly transfer those tasks off of your plate so that you can be prepared for taking time off. And, you know, the luxury of the four week vacation is that it's planned for. And same thing with my pregnancy, like it was planned for. And I sort of knew when I was going to be taking some time off, but so many of our clients have had to take time off that has not necessarily been planned for, right? Like whether it's due to an illness or a sick family member or this past year with like Texas this past week, we had some clients that were completely shut down and their teams were able to keep running without them. And so it's like, there are just unplanned life events that are going to happen. And so even if you're not ready to take the four week vacation, how can we get you prepped to even take a week off or a few days off? Like if needed, I had a a team member this week who had a death in the family, she needed time off. Right. And it's like, we have to have the systems in place so that people are able to do that. And so that the business doesn't suffer when anyone steps out for a period of time. Um, And so the first step to that is really figuring out like, honestly and transparently, like what is on our plate now? And then let's make a list of like, what are the things we need to start to transfer or systematize so that someone else could do it if we weren't able to be there? Yeah, that makes total sense. I remember talking to one of my friends who's just had her third baby and she said they did a few trials as well. Like they would, she would take three days off and they would figure out and make a list of what didn't work. What were the questions that came up that only she could answer? And then they would raise it to a week and two weeks and so on and so forth. So we recommend like in our system and in the book, like after about 90 days, take a week. And then we encourage our clients at a next, we do it in like quarterly increments for them. So like one week and then they take two weeks and then they take three weeks and then they take four weeks, right? Cause we don't want to go like just to four weeks <laughs> if we haven't practiced. Right. And so that's a great like reminder for people like don't go on the four week vacation without doing some smaller <laughs> test runs where we can have that shorter feedback loop and, and have your yeah. team write down too, like what didn't work well, what do we need to improve? What did they feel like they couldn't do effectively without you being there? What questions weren't able to be answered? And those are all like really great indicators of what we can easily start improving. That's awesome. So how would you recommend somebody, and I'm asking this selfishly, (laughs) how would you recommend (laughs) someone? (laughs) I mean, myself. So, um, no. So I work a lot with a lot of people who have personal brands and, you know, Mike has a lot of things that he does personally. He wants to be a writer. And so how do you kind of decide, or I guess maybe even move towards, um, still having a personal brand, but having other people be able to support you. So you're not relied upon to do every single thing. And is it a matter of just figuring out like, what is that main thing that I have to focus on? Like Mike with the book writing Mm -hmm. and going all in on that and then finding the support system or what are your thoughts? Yeah. I think there's a couple different routes that you could take, right? I don't think that has to be like a one size fits all, but for Mike, for example, like, yes, he loves to do the book writing and he has chosen that like, that's something he wants to maintain but he's actually been toying with the idea of like, it would be the ultimate delegation. I would be the master of delegation if I could actually delegate that. And and that's probably my, my next challenge is like being able to delegate that thing because then it could fully function without me. And, and so there are, you know, 
there are a couple ways to approach it where one, you understand what is the most valuable thing for you to be doing and you start to remove everything else off of your plate besides that. And you just focus the time that you're going to spend in the business on that one thing. So for example, like we had some clients that were influencers like on Instagram and they have blogs and truly their face needs to be on Instagram stories, right? So we identify like, what's the most important thing for you to be doing? And then what are all the other pieces that are making up your day? Oh, all of like searching for actual products or writing the blog posts or posting the stories with all of the actual captions that take forever, right? So it's like everything else, like all of the back end of the business, all of the upkeep of the blog, all of the responses to questions and needing links, like those are all things that other people could actually do. But the one thing that you need to do is have your face on the camera, right? So it's like, that's one approach if you want to maintain that thing that really you need to be doing or that you do best. The other way, especially as you're building personal brands, is the introduction of, of other team into, into the brand. You know, we have done this where on our podcast, there are other voices, like there are team member voices because it's beneficial for our clients to hear other opinions than just mine or other points of view. You know, sometimes you hear something from someone and you just don't get it until someone else says it in a different way. And it's the same exact thing, but like it clicks. Right. And so we kind of have taken that same approach with our coaching and with our podcast and with our social media is like, yes, it's sort of a personal brand because people know me and Mike more specifically than they might know my team, but I've slowly over time, like introduced other voices. And I think that that's something you can do. Like you don't flip the switch overnight, but you slowly start to introduce and communicate that like, and you have to have that transfer of trust of like, you trust me. And this was something that Mike had to do first, right? Like people read his book, they might see my name mentioned a couple of times, but they probably don't remember it. And so it's like, they're going from really having a relationship with Mike to then who the heck is this Adrian person, right? So we have to do a transfer of trust there. And then as people come on board and start working with our team, we have to do another transfer of trust there where I communicate how 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 strong they are at XYZ, like maybe something that I don't do as well. And that's why they're here. And this is what their voice is going to be really well, like do really well for And so that's another approach is like, if you don't want to bury the, or to carry the burden of always being the voice, then you can have other people step in and do that over time and, and just have stronger, I think like brand frameworks and brand elements and like pillars that people can talk about that still makes sense for the brand. And so they're in alignment with the brand and it makes sense with the frameworks. But if you're just if you're not clear on those things first, then it will be very challenging for other people to step in and start talking about things or for other people to trust them because it might be all over the map. Is So I think totally. it's like, like you can do both, you know, like yeah. either one, just fe- whatever feels best for you. And that's always my approach with clockworking is like, what is your vision? Like what feels best? And then let's reverse engineer it and figure it out. There's always a way. Yeah, that's exactly what we've been, we've been doing over the last few years. And our clients have grown to absolutely love all of our coaches. And, you know, the podcasts that James hosts sometimes get more downloads than mine. So, and I've learned just kind of like you in terms of letting go of any of the ego. Like, yeah. I want our clients in our community to love everyone else in the company and yeah. to feel like they're amazing. It's not the Emily show, it's the I Hurt My Life show. 
Yeah. That was like the biggest thing when I got back from my six week vacation, like number one, we had new clients that I didn't know. And that didn't necessarily know me that I had never met before. We had clients that were just like excelling without my support being there. And people were just like, Oh my gosh, like the coaches, Emily and Lori and everyone, they did such a great job. Like we barely even missed you. Like we didn't (laughs) even know it. And I was like, at first I'm like, Oh gosh, like your ego gets hit. You're like, what, what is my value here? If I'm not even needed for this. And then once I, you know, got over the two seconds of that, I was like, no, this is it. Like this is the goal. Like this is the ultimate, right. The fact that they're raving over our coaches and our coaches can get them just as great, if not better results than I can get them. Like that's, that's amazing to me. And it makes me feel so good. You know, exactly. I love it. So what are you most excited about for 2021? Um, I'm hoping to be able to travel somewhere at some point. (laughs) We're still just like on lockdown because of baby and trying to keep ourselves, you know, at home and safe, but I'm anxious for some travel and we're just really focused on our clockwork accelerator program and working with more students to get them to, to their four week vacation. Like that's our that's our big goal. We have a couple of, you know, launches that we'll do this year to get more students in there. And we do have goals. Like this is something that I always like to share with people. It's like, we have goals of like what our enrollments are, but our most important like internal goals is like, how many people are we getting to our four, to their four week vacation? And so that's what I'm most excited about is like, I see people getting really close to these four week vacations. We had someone who just took uh, also they, uh, a paternity leave. He was a dad and he was able to spend five weeks at home with his baby. And, and I just had another, um, message from someone on Instagram, who's a former client and she's getting ready to take her four week vacation. And so that's what I'm most excited about is like, we've been working at this for years, but because our process takes so long for people to implement, like it's not a quick fix. And we're very honest and upfront about that. It takes time to implement. But now that we've been at this for a few years, like I feel like we're on this, like, this is snowball effect now. And now we have like tons of people that are starting to hit those big four week vacation goals and it feels really good. So I'm excited about like continuing that, but celebrating them because it means that our system works and we're doing a great job. So keep doing it. It's changing people's lives, like people's quality of life. That means so much to me that like, especially now that I did it, I think I knew how important it was. But then once I had the baby, I was like, oh no, like people need this. Like this is very important. And most entrepreneurs don't have that luxury because the business revenue depends on us, right? Like if we're not there, it's not making money or it's not going to make as much money. And I'm like, you need to be able to have time and space for the life events that you want to be present for. And so I'm just ultra passionate about this now. Exactly. Yeah. And I always say there's a reason why my company is called I Heart My Life. It's not just about the business. It's about all the other components as well. And so if we're just behind the computer day after day, not doing anything else, that's not exactly why we started this in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be really easy to get tangled up in it and want it to grow, grow, grow and find yourself doing everything and spending long hours. And I think that there are seasons of that and being really conscious and intentional with like, okay, I don't want this for the rest of my life though. So how am I going to unravel it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So final question that we ask all of our guests, what is one way that you would recommend our listeners create a life better than their dreams? Oh, better than their dreams. Oh my gosh. Well, number one, clockwork it, clockwork your business. (laughs) And I would say 
the one thing that has always stuck with me, this was something one of my mentors, Todd Herman always said was like suspend disbelief, like suspend disbelief of what you think is possible. Because a lot of times we have these dreams, but our dreams are actually not the realest of our dreams. They're, they're, they're being suffocated by our fears and our limitations and, and what we believe is possible. And so I have always like using that phrase for myself and for our clients is like, okay, suspend disbelief, like while you do this vision exercise or while you think about what you really want, like, don't tell me like all the things of why it can't happen or like what you believe is possible, like suspend disbelief for a moment and get yourself into that different headspace. And that's been, that's served me really well. Oh, I'm obsessed with that. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you for your time. You're so inspirational. I'm so grateful that we're connected and it's just been amazing to see you jump into this role and just, you know, I know that Mike probably could have built this company, but like with you, it's a whole nother level and I've just loved watching it and I'm excited for what's next. Thank you, Emily. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I hope you loved today's episode. This is definitely one of my favorites. I love this topic. And although I'm not a natural systematizer or someone who's obsessed with operations, I have definitely come to see the value of it. And I really, really admire what Adrienne has accomplished with the Run Like Clockwork company. I admire her so much that we've actually invited her to be a guest speaker on our next mastermind retreat happening very soon. So if you are looking for this type of support in your life and your business, you're going to want to join our mastermind. Go to iheartmylifebooking.com and you can apply today. You can also go to iheartmylife.com slash mastermind to learn more about the program. This program is perfect for you if you already have a business and you're looking to scale, you're looking to grow, and you're also looking to create some freedom for yourself and really take yourself out of the day-to-day so you can truly be in your zone of genius. We have guest experts and mentor mentors like Adrian who can help you on a variety of different levels with a variety of different topics. So once again, go to iheartmylife.com slash mastermind and apply today. We hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for being an avid listener of the I Heart My Life show. Take a second and leave a review. It would mean so much to us and we read all of them. And for further inspiration and life and business tips about creating a life that you love and achieving massive success, definitely follow us at I Heart My Life on Instagram and at I Heart My Life Now on Facebook. See you next time.